0: To Made in Science, the official podcast of the University of Stuttgart. Today we are meeting Nina De Volder, living in Southern California and working for Wikimedia Foundation. I have known Nina for many years. In fact, ever since she came to the University of Stuttgart from Finland for her undergraduate studies in the humanities in 2008. At the time, her focus was on English and business education. Not only did she attend several of my courses in American literature and culture, but she also went on student excursions that I offered to the United States and to India. Nina completed her Master of Arts in Cultural Management at PH Ludwigsburg University of Education and also studied at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, USA. Her professional career includes positions as Recruiting Marketing Assistant at Porsche, as Assistant Director for International Outreach and Engagement in the Master of Quantitative quantitative Economics Program at UCLA, and as Senior Project Coordinator at the Conservation Institute of the J. Paul Getty Trust, Los Angeles. Now she is working as Lead Program Manager for Community Resilience and Sustainability at Wikimedia Foundation. We will talk about the connection between these different professional experiences and find out how community resilience and sustainability go together at Wikimedia. Hello Nina, how are you today?
1: Hello, um, I am well. How are you this morning, or I should say afternoon, in Germany?
0: Time is flying and floating, Nina, uh, but I'm very glad that we have a chance to meet after so many years uh, back here in this particular conversation at our podcast. Nina, my first question is about Wikimedia and Wikipedia Can you please explain the difference uh, to me between these two and hopefully the connection as well?
1: I'd be happy to. So Wikimedia is the nonprofit foundation that hosts the infrastructure for Wikipedia, which is the free online encyclopedia uh, created uh, and edited uh, by volunteers all around the world. And I want to specify that when I mention Wikipedia, in this conversation i am mainly talking about the english language wiki which is the most known version language version of wikipedia so basically the foundation is um the entity that provides the infrastructure makes site reliable makes sure that our volunteers are as safe as possible um holds up policies um for uh the creation of free knowledge and then uh Wikipedia itself is the product created by volunteers.
0: In the US American context, education is often seen as an enterprise. People pay a high price for attending schools, colleges and universities. Now, if there is a price tag attached to that, how can a nonprofit foundation with a free open source resource fit into that picture? Does it want to be integrated into this particular market at all? Or what is the strategy?
1: Well, I would say that um, Wikipedia is and will stay free forever. There are no plans of us running ads or making anyone pay to read uh, Wikipedia. Or another thing that goes together, what you mentioned, is uh, collecting and selling user data. We don't do that either. So I guess my answer to your question is that, no, we do not want to be integrated uh, into that kind of market. We want to be the alternative that provides free knowledge to everyone in the world. And I know you mentioned the U.S. education system um, and the high price tag that often comes with attending a higher education institution in the United States. I think our scope goes way beyond just um, the U.S., um, there are multiple versions of Wikipedia in multiple languages. Their uh, breadth kind of depends on how many editors, volunteers we have um, creating, maintaining um, those different language wikis. But basically the idea is that uh, we are a website accessible in most parts of the world that provides access to information, verified and reliable information. So I guess my answer is no, we are maybe the, the underdog uh, and kind of the, the uh, opposite of that uh, kind of like business model of, of uh, getting access to education.
0: At Wikimedia, your position is that of a lead program manager. This comprises resilience and sustainability. What does this mean in the context of your work
1: Yes, so a lot of fancy words, uh, community, resilience, uh, sustainability. So my role is lead program manager for community resilience and sustainability, which is a team at the uh, Wikimedia Foundation's legal department. Our current work is divided into committee support, human rights, and trust and safety, and we also provide support to the office of the CEO on special projects. And what what does sustainability or resilience mean in this context? It basically means that these two factors are essential for the well-being of groups with shared aims. So we basically want volunteers to be able to thrive in systems and structures and community relationships over time. And if they are met with damages or threats, that they can quickly recover from that. So that's a pretty nutshell uh, description of what that uh, sustainability and resilience means in this context.
0: How do you measure the results or, if you want so, the success um, in terms of the foundation to spread information along the lines that you have uh, described to us earlier?
1: I guess it depends on what you kind of want to measure. Do you want to measure um, how many editors are currently uh, contributing to a certain language wiki? Do you want to measure how many people are reading that particular wiki? You would do that through page views. Um Or do you want to measure the number of projects that go way beyond the scope of Wikipedia um, that are currently being created by volunteers and then the foundation is providing maybe technical support or or other hosting support for those projects? So it kind of depends on what you want to measure, but there is a lot of data to measure or like a lot of content to measure. So So it kind of depends on what kind of approach you would take.
0: And when we talk about measuring, do you think that this particular requirement has increased in the last couple of years? In other words, with your topics of resilience and sustainability, would you say that your job has become more challenging in this regard to provide the kind of uh, environment that you had uh, uh, described you want to aim for at the foundation. Uh, What is the current picture? What does it look like?
1: Well, I have been at the foundation for about two years and I think in that time there have been very significant world events that do shape the work uh, that we do. Obviously, the question of measuring is often kind of coming from from the source of, of wanting to understand impact, for example. like Measuring impact is always a big, big question. And since we do not gather um, data, user data, in the way that uh, a lot of for-profit companies do... We obviously can't measure things in a similar way that, that they would. When talking about the challenges that, for example, geopolitical uh, events create uh, for my role or for the whole work of the Wikimedia Foundation and for the work of the volunteers all around the world, that definitely is something that is often unpredictable. In community resilience and sustainability, we try to prepare for those events as best as we can, like I mentioned, so that communities can thrive in the systems that they exist in and so that they can quickly um, recover from any uh, harm or damage or threat that might be imposed on them. But definitely operating a website in most parts of the world is, um, a free encyclopedia uh, that uh, provides access to information, uh, I would see that as something neutral, but that is not seen as neutral in all parts of the world. So that definitely adds increased uh, challenges into the work.
0: And you just mentioned uh, operating a free service. Uh, Brings me to another question, really. In many areas of life, what used to be low priced or for free and convenient for consumers is becoming more expensive uh, has become also more expensive in the uh, recent past for instance online services that are not low priced or for free anymore will it be similar at the foundation will it be similar for wikipedia as you see it coming how can that be how can that continue to be free?
1: Well, I think the idea of Wikipedia goes together with the core value of free knowledge and, and kind of like the integrity of the mission of the foundation and Wikipedia uh, are non-negotiable. Like there are no plans to run ads. There are no plans to gather and sell data. There are also no plans to make the content, uh, for pay So it is the core value that information should be free and available to all. That was the original vision, and it continues to be the vision for uh, this open source project. Um, and I know that a lot of these things uh, that I've mentioned uh, might be the norm today. Paying for content, or if you are not paying for content, your data is the uh, price tag that is attached to your online usage, or then you know um, there might be ads that you see when you visit a site. But I think um, what the core value goes together with with is that um, there are no plans to jeopardize the neutrality of the content, and also uh, being a nonprofit we do rely on donations uh, on other sources of fundraising revenue. So that is how things can keep on going. Uh, If uh, users, uh, contributors um, see the value in this project and um, donate, then things will keep on going. And obviously donations are one part of this and there are other fundraising revenue streams as well. But it is kind of like the core value and then the people that support that core value, um, you could kind of think of it as the, I think, in uh, some media outlets a few years back, uh, Wikipedia was uh, um, kind of mentioned as the last good place on the Internet. Not sure if I uh, would phrase it that way, but uh, it's a nice anecdote.
0: You came to Wikimedia when you were in the United States already. But before that, you came from Finland to Germany to study. What motivated you to make that move from your home country, from Helsinki uh, to Stuttgart?
1: Well, actually, after graduating high school in Finland, um, I wanted to kind of do a gap year and not go straight into uh, university. So I ended up coming to Stuttgart as an au pair, spent a year in Stuttgart and really, really liked it. Um, after that I got accepted at a university in Finland and I went back uh, and while I was there I realized how much I missed living in uh, Central Europe. Uh, the winter was also not as cold so that was a huge plus plus. and uh, I really wanted to study English but at that time uh, in Finland everyone wanted to study English at the University of Helsinki. So it was uh, quite difficult to get in. You had to do uh, entrance examination and get points from your uh, high school degree. And it was pretty tough to get in. And I didn't get in on, a, on the first try. And then I kind of really missed Germany. And then I looked into whether there was a possibility of doing uh, English studies in Stuttgart. And the University of Stuttgart offered that. So off I went and came back.
0: And we are so glad you did. When you came here, Which asset do you think was the most important one that you brought from you from Finland?
1: I think my high school education was really preparing um, us as students to the academic world where you have a lot of freedom. Um, I kind of came from an environment where you needed to have a certain amount of credit points to graduate from high school, but how you would put that together or what kind of courses you would take when you would kind of take them. Um, Obviously there wasn't as much uh, freedom as um, you would have at a university, but you kind of like made your own schedule. So I was already um, used to that. So coming uh, to university of Stuttgart and having that kind of like freedom and like, just kind of working, knowing that, okay, I'm working towards this degree and like these are the requirements. There are certain things that you have to do at a certain time, but you kind of have the freedom of like making your own schedule. I know that that can be something that uh, students might struggle with if they come from a more structured environment, but I think that was one important skill.
0: Mm -hmm. Is that... You mentioned the freedom of choice uh, uh, that was very important for you in the academic uh, environment here at the University of Stuttgart. Is there something else, another asset? I ask about the asset that you uh, brought with you coming from Finland. Is there something that uh, you would say I found uh, very important besides the choice that you referred to here at the university?
1: Um. Well, I think I came with an open mind and then I also like uh, during my uh, au pair year, I had learned uh, German and I had studied German in uh, high school, but I think I really refined my skills during that year and I kind of really missed speaking German. So I guess language skills was something that I kind of like brought with me as well. But I think... All in all, it was kind of just like coming with an open mind as well.
0: One of your subjects you majored in was English. What were your plans with that degree eventually?
1: That is an excellent question. And I got asked that all the time uh, while I was studying. Like, what will you do with an English major? Um, I actually did not have a plan when um, i uh, decided on a major i never really knew exactly uh, what my profession uh, was to be but i knew that i wanted to do project-based work and not necessarily have your regular nine-to-five office job and um, instead of kind of settling on a profession i just decided to study something that i was good at and i was always good at languages and i loved reading Um, humanities. I I kind of am a, I mean, I guess it goes together with uh, my professional experience as well, but I am definitely a humanities person to the core. I think there is something um, so valuable that humanities can teach you um, about looking at something that others have created, whether that's a novel, short story, um, an essay, and kind of like Uh, looking at it and reflecting that in the world and also reflecting that with yourself. So I think um, a short answer to your question is like, no, I did not have a plan, but yes, it turned out okay.
0: And it also turned out okay uh, when you were at American universities. Uh, You spent time uh, at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, and had an insight into the structure of an American university. Was it more streamlined than you had experienced before? Was it another uh, cultural challenge for that matter?
1: I think there's a big difference between uh, what kind of, you know, pocket at the university you are in and then also uh, whether you are talking about undergraduate programs or uh, master's or graduate programs or doctor, doctoral programs. You uh, at an um, American university or a U.S.-based university. UCLA being a public university, part of the University of California system, um, I would say that maybe the undergraduate degrees are a little bit more structured, and then, you know, the freedom kind of really expands once you get to that um, graduate level. So, but it really um, depends on... uh, what kind of um department you you are in or working with i myself i worked in the humanities department on a grant and then i also work with the department of economics Um, and those even were very two very different worlds within the same university
0: your next step in the professional career was to work at the j paul getty trust there you looked at cultural heritage and i wonder how that particular experience has changed your understanding of what cultural heritage actually is.
1: I think it really broadened my understanding of cultural heritage. Getty Conservation Institute, where I worked, is one of the leading entities in that field. And um, the work that is done there is fascinating. And there are so many things that I never knew that happened in the background of, for example, conservation science, the way that conservation scientists take paint samples and expose them to light and air and humidity. And then there is all this data um, that you get from that. And that way you can kind of uh, determine the best practices in, you know, uh, conserving paintings from a certain era that have used similar kind of paint. So that's just one example that I didn't think about. And then there's also this whole other side of built heritage, um, mainly thinking about like UNESCO uh, World Heritage Sites and the conservation of those as well. So it really broadened my understanding of the work that happens in that field.
0: Have you worked at a particular project there that you uh, would like to share or could share with us?
1: Yes. So I worked for a project called Arches, which is also an open source software tool for uh, managing and inventorying uh, cultural heritage data. It kind of started off as a GIS based map tool, mainly uh, meant for built heritage that I mentioned earlier but it is now also used uh, to manage that uh, scientific instrumentation data that I also mentioned about those paint samples and um, what happens to them when you expose them to different kind of environmental factors. So that was kind of the segue uh, to my current role as well. Uh, I kind of uh, discovered the world of open source and how great it can be and how Uh, awesome it is that there are alternatives to proprietary software. So that was kind of the project that I worked on. And it is being used um, by multiple entities. Um, uh, There is a project uh, happening in London that should be published soon. And um, yeah, it was a great project. And I really enjoyed doing project management for it.
0: Since you just mentioned uh, Your Way... To the foundation, how you ended up there. Uh, I, I'm really curious to hear, when you sum it up, when you look at Finland and the education there, when you look at the University of Stuttgart here in Germany and uh, the courses uh, that you took, the uh, education you received in Stuttgart and in Ludwigsburg uh, as well. Uh, and also, I understand you um, you spent some time in Pittsburgh. Uh, so uh, if you sum it all up and take one feature, uh, one characteristic from all of these that has that have has helped you to be where you are now at the foundation, what would you say would these be?
1: That is an excellent question. I think probably I should probably say, uh, sustainability or resilience, but I am going to go with, um, I think my organizational skills, uh, have been something that have been extremely valuable and kind of, um, in the, uh, beginning of your question, you kind of mentioned kind of like, uh, starting somewhere and ending somewhere else. So during my studies, if someone would have asked me, um, where do you see yourself in, uh, five to ten years, I would have never guessed that I would be working at the Wikimedia Foundation. But now, being there, it makes total sense. The whole path makes total sense, but it was kind of more of a process uh, where it's like little steps built upon each other and then uh, uh, yielded this result. But I think um, in anything... Uh, those organizational skills uh, have definitely been extremely valuable. And then also, I want to say, um, the lessons that I learned in my um, humanities studies, being able to, to look at something, reflect, and see it in the world, but see it in yourself as well. So that has been very valuable.
0: If we take those steps that you just referred to, now to the flip side is not quite the word i'm using but rather looking ahead perhaps what will be the next step in developing the wikimedia platform will there be a step away from the largely text-based layout and more snippet forms coming up uh, perhaps even combined with visual information where Where do you see uh, Wikimedia going?
1: Well, I think Wikipedia will not move away from the text-based free encyclopedia that it is. However, the foundation is exploring strategies for uh, extending our existing audiences, um, the consumers and contributors, as we call them. and it's kind of like an effort to reach everyone uh in the world because more and more people are consuming information in experiences and forms that uh diverge from that traditional text-based uh format. So whether that's voice assistance, spending time with video, engaging with AI, um any of those things, uh, there are uh, something that's called future audiences uh, that are kind of like pilot projects that test how the content of Wikipedia can uh, evolve. But I think the core product will stay what it is.
0: You mentioned AI already. I think out of the those that you have referred to, in how far will artificial intelligence influence the content offered by the foundation, uh, all the references of uh, what can be done with texts uh, by AI and combining it and offering it. And then that may bring up new challenges uh, for everybody at the foundation uh, working there as well uh, with uh, checking and uh, also in your area, I guess, with uh, the sustainable effect. Uh, Where do you see uh, that moving?
1: Yeah, so I just want to emphasize that uh, at the foundation, we don't create any content for Wikipedia. That's solely done by the volunteers, uh, editors, moderators. Um, So that is volunteer-based, but we do uh, host that infrastructure for Wikipedia. And I think it's a very interesting question because if you think of Wikipedia, that is human knowledge that's been compiled over 20 years and verified by over 20 years. So it's from people to people. And then artificial intelligence is also something that learns from data. So although there are not, maybe, I don't think there is enough research done into this, but if you think about it, you have to feed AI data for it to learn. And what better source to do that than a free encyclopedia? There's also a lot of uh, data in Wikidata, which is also another uh, project. Um, so I think, and I'm going to paraphrase uh, our chief product and technology uh, officer, Selena, here, because it's Wikipedia contains trustworthy knowledge because it is created, debated, and curated by people. So that's how you can verify through this community process that it is actually reliable information. And I don't think AI is there yet. However, it is very interesting to see what will happen in the future. And I think it also goes together with the question of core values. Do we want to develop AI because we want that to help people or are we developing AI because uh, it can generate more revenue? And I think at this time, um, the forces developing AI are doing that more with the revenue uh, generation in mind. So it will be very interesting to see what will happen.
0: When it comes down to the people, as you have just described it, Nina, where do you see your contribution in the future in all of that?
1: That is also an excellent question. I really hope that I get to continue working uh, in the nonprofit sector. It has always been very important to me that I work for an organization whose mission I can fully support. Um, I want to uh, invest my time uh, in the world in doing something that I feel improves the world or maybe uh, generate something new. But um, I think As long as I work for an organization whose mission is to, um, you know, give something back into the world or improve something or create something new. Those are things that are very, very important to me. So um, that's why I've decided to to uh, have my professional career go into that sector and definitely living in the U.S., I feel like where there's less federal funding for, let's say, the arts and culture, humanities, uh, it is very crucial to me that you know I do my part in supporting that through working somewhere where I can fully support the mission.
0: Nina, the final part of our conversation has come. We have called this moment seven. We have seven questions to you and we would like to ask you to answer them really, really shortly, uh, as, as shortly as possible. Um, so I will call each question a moment now and you can just, you know, react, uh, very, uh, in a very short way. Moment one. Spätzle or Maultaschen?
1: Maultaschen.
0: Moment two. One thing you could change about the world would be poverty. Moment three. What kind of media recommendation do you have for us? A book, a uh, TV series, uh, music, whatever comes to your mind.
1: There is this wonderful TV show called The Bear. That is the story of a young chef that comes back to his hometown Chicago to run a sandwich shop that was left for him. And uh, all kinds of family drama evolves. Uh, it's a wonderful TV show. I highly recommend that. High quality drama.
0: Moment four. The best advice that you have ever received was
1: Nobody is thinking of you.
0: Moment five. What is your favorite place on campus at the University of Stuttgart?
1: I would have to say uh, uh, the twin buildings at the Kepler Straße. That's where I spend most of my time.
0: Moment six. Please finish the following sentence. If I could start all over again, I would do the following differently.
1: I would take even more time with my studies, because once you are done with your studies, you are just stuck working away for the rest of your life. So I would really value and cherish the time that I had at the university.
0: And moment seven. Please complete also this sentence. Thanks to my studies, I know that...
1: I can do anything as long as I work hard.
0: Nina, thank you for our conversation. Basically, here crossing mainland USA and also the Atlantic, wishing you all the very best for your future work. And to our audience, please stay tuned for our upcoming conversations that are always based on what is made in science. My name is Wolfgang Holtkamp. Have a great podcasting day. Goodbye and good talking.